Warning! This episode is rated not safe for work for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. So definitely listen at work. Welcome, witches. Welcome back to the Macabre Academy. As always, this is your headmistress, Nerdy Witch, also known as Steffi. And then I have my other headmistresses, Dex, Brandy, Roll Call. And this is the long-awaited Shadow People episode, which is a Steffi-centric episode. In reality, 10 minutes pass for us. It's a week for you. Girls got to make our money. We work in the box store. We are essential workers, so we are out in the thick of all this. And full-time students. True. So really, we're, like, disposable. (laughs) Yeah. But we are practicing social distancing. So again, if you have audio quality issues, we are using Zoom to record. Sorry if it's trash. (laughs) It's not trash. It'll be okay. But if you want to see the video that goes along with it, you want to be a Patreon. You want to let us know you want to see our faces for this episode. Am I? You want to see my face. It's pretty great. I'm sure. (laughs) I I don't know about Justine's, but like my face is pretty great. I drew on eyebrows for you. No, I just, I loved, I loved your level of confidence there. (laughs) Well, I know our lovely producer, Sound Maiden would love to edit this video and we can post a private link to our patreons where the macabre academy on patreon give us a go it's only a five dollar donation and at this point you're getting a ringtone you got a coloring page you're gonna have exclusive content and me and my sister are gonna do a bonus episode on how we even came up with the macabre academy for that so you really want to get in on that and we're starting a discord to go ahead and link people to their houses and get the conversations going. So um, hopefully the Macabre Academy community is going to be booming by this episode. A girl can dream. Yeah, we can. (laughs) We got big dreams. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's kick off this episode because I know there's going to be a lot of in-between banter here um, with a nod to house nevermore. Paranormal is a field dedicated to finding the answers of the fundamentally esoteric questions is there proof of a life after death what do you girls think yeah i mean like so listen maybe not like heaven and hell but like maybe you're just stuck on earth forever and like that's why we have ghosts and we have haunted bitches you know not everyone's a ghost not everybody i'm a ghost ghost. Well, um, at Paranormal Research Corps, right, we're trying to scientifically gather evidence, but we're playing in the field of pseudoscience. We're including things like ghost, ESP or ESP, telekinesis, poltergeist, reincarnation, faith healing, human auras, and psychic phenomenons. On this episode, I have now titled The Dark Macabre. We dive into shadow people. Now, I'm a sucker for sure. I don't know if, did I tell you girls the story of my husband making me think I could use the force? No. Shut the fuck up. No. Oh my God. So my husband has gotten me in two ways. Okay. The first one was he was in my first apartment and he, we were going to leave to go somewhere because we like to drive downtown and go get food. And I went to go turn off the air conditioner. My back was to him and I went to go turn it off and it just shut off. 
And my eyes got really big. And I turned to my husband thinking I had shut it off with my mind. <laughs> and here he's holding the remote. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. And then he got That's me. like the one power I want. Yeah, the force, like, move things. Mind control, yes. Yeah, I'm not that disillusioned with reality, but the kid in me for, like, a second suspended rational thought and thought, my mind did that. But he also got me... It's fair. Fair. He got me with Snogies, too, from, like, uh, Frozen. Do you remember the Snogies when Elsa had a cold? Yes. And they'd multiply. Yeah. So he, he was, he's, my husband is the kind of man that shows his romanticness by putting like windshield fluid in your car without asking. Um, oh, you know. I need that. Yeah. So he does these subtle things to display his love. And one day I was sitting in my room crocheting and I see that there's a snogie on the dresser and I'm like, Oh, Joe, that's so sweet. And I text him. I'm like, I love you. Thank you so much for my little snogie. I love snogies. Cause we all know I'm addicted to Disney. Same. So then, like, later, I'm sit- another day, I'm sitting in my room, and I'm folding laundry, and I look at a different dresser, and I see the snogie, and I'm like, holy shit, it moved. So then I looked back to the other snogie on the other dresser, and I'm like, oh, my God, it just, like, teleported across the room. And then I look back and forth, and I realize there's two snogies. Fuck. So I tell my husband, I was like, yeah, yeah, real cute, Right. Thanks. Thanks for that. And he goes, I wasn't trying to do it on purpose. And I'm like, okay. So then I took the other snogie from dresser A and placed both snogies on dresser B. Wouldn't you fucking know it? I'm in our bedroom watching a movie another week. And I look over, see the two snogies, look over to the other dresser, see two more snogies. <laughs> Fuck me sideways if I didn't jump out of my skin and then realize my husband had multiplied the snogies again. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's me. But, uh, this episode on the shadow people is near and dear to my heart because I'm trying to ask us to do episodes where we find what caused us to be interested in the paranormal. So my first paranormal experience was when I was about Evelyn's age. I was about three and my mother had put this, wait, me and my twin brother had two separate rooms in this giant fucking house. And I was at the farthest end of the hall and my brother's room was right next to my mother's room. And I hated sleeping alone. Like I hated it. Um, and there was like an old TV in my room and I don't know why my mother put a TV in a three years old, three-year-old room. But the one night I had stayed up late watching it after they had gone to bed and all of a sudden like that time at night, cause it's like the, the late nineties or late eighties, right? When the channels were just cut out and it was snow, like there was nothing overnight. No, no, (laughs) no. Yeah. So I'm in my room fully lit and I got the snow ants on the TV parade. I'm watching, I'm watching the fog and I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? And then I look over, (laughs) I didn't, I look (laughs) over at the wall. I had a giant white wall with nothing on it except for a crucifix. Like there was nothing on it. My dad, uh, again, I come from a very Christian family. So of course, to bless a small child's room, they put a, a crucifix up. So I had a dead Jesus on my wall. I'm just staring at the wall. Same. And <laughs> my nephew called the crucifix above my bed, the letter T and wouldn't let me hang it up because he needed his letter T. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> That's so sweet. His letter T. It's like Sesame Street. 
Exactly. <laughs> when I worked at a thrift store, we would have to sort things. And if we thought it was junk or not sellable, we threw it away. So I found this raggedy cross, this raggedy crucifix, and I threw it away. And this older lady that worked there pulled it out and said, We don't throw Jesus away. <laughs> you threw Jesus away? What the fuck is we don't wrong throw with Jesus you? Away. This is why we're all going to hell. Get the fuck on my bus. <laughs> okay, ladies. So my first paranormal experience, right? It's way past my fucking bedtime. I am a very small child. And I'm sure you can hear my dog's claws on the floor. Because again, we're at home. And you're watching scary TV. I am. The, the snow. And I don't know why I didn't think to turn it off. I just, it was on. Because there's three. Right. So I'm, I, I don't know what causes me to look at said white wall, but all of a sudden, the silhouette of the top of a staircase, like two black stairs, appear on my wall. I'm like, huh. Nope. And I back the fuck up, and now I am pinned in holy terror against my door, staring at this. Like, I can't, like, look away. And I see the silhouettes or shadows of two men climbing the stairs and standing in my room. And they look around, see the crucifix on the wall, and then it's a silent scream, like if you heard all real monsters scream, but the volume on the TV was down. And then they bolt back down the fucking stairs and they disappear. Fuck me sideways if I wasn't terrified out of my mind. So, this is why we don't throw Jesus away. <laughs> well, I bolted for my parents' bedroom. And what I used to do was if I could, like, I was terrified to sleep alone after that. So I used to crawl, open their door crack, crawl across their shag fucking carpet, and s- nudge myself under the little ledge of their waterbed and sleep on the floor. But my parents were so tired of this, they had locked me out of their room. So I packed. What the fuck? That's so sad. I used to sneak into their bedroom like all the time and go sleep next to them on the floor on the waterbed because I was afraid to sleep alone. So like, what does that hurt? They can't have sex? Sorry. My dad, no, my, you know, my dad only lived with us until we were about like two or three. And he was a, he's a stern man. He's why I have issues crying. Cause he says, you know, you shouldn't cry so much, you know, man up or oh. whatever. My, I had a very stern father and him and my mother slept in separate bedrooms and I just split my nights between the two of oh, them. Yeah. Well, they, they locked me out and I just, I, I don't remember much after that. I remember pounding on the door and pissing my dad off, but here we are. That's my first. So now I know that there are things out there. There's like this dark force. And I don't know why the fuck these men were looking around my room and they weren't even there. There was just their shadows on the wall. Terrified me. Now, cue the internet 2004 with that very long ass dial up. But of course, you know, at this point I am now interested. And now I find out that shadow people are seen by people like every fucking where. Like it's a thing. I had like no idea. And um, I guess you could say that's about when I started looking into Wicca and the supernatural and things like that, because I am a witch. I am a self-identified witch. I'm out of the broom closet. I'm a Hecate and Christian, uh, 
not a Christian, Hecatean kitchen, kitchen witch. Yes, ma'am. So for this episode, I was trying to gather research. And as Dexter well knows, and probably Brandy at this point, I fucking hate the book that I chose. We're going to burn. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Can we really? Yeah. So let's. Yeah, this, this is a plan. Let's discuss my reference point for this episode. Can I light it on fire? Yeah, sure. We got to take this out in the back of our box store and get some lighter fluid and light this bitch on fire. I will post the video on Patreon. Um, I can't condone that. We got we got to get rid of this thing. Don't get me on video. <laughs> okay, well we'll burn it somewhere. I have a fire pit in my backyard. Perfect. But I I purchased the Paranormal Researcher's Guide to Shadow People by Cheris Branson. Weird. Do you know who Cheris is? No. I went to school with a girl named Cheris. So I look, I read this book and I went, what a piece of shit is this? And I look at her up on the internet and she's not even. Oh, it's this bitch. She, she's not a paranormal researcher. She is a Reiki massage therapist and possibly a personality hacker for businesses. I'm not entirely sure. I couldn't quite figure it out between the LinkedIn and the Amazon, but I wrote a shit review and I feel bad because this lady comes out of Gettysburg and I know some great paranormal researchers in Gettysburg. Who the hell let Cheris write a book, okay? How easy is it to fucking get published on Amazon? Because uh, if this podcast takes off, I'm definitely writing a book about all of our episodes because I could do better than this bitch. I had to re-research her entire book. So here we are. Okay, so I'm going to try to define shadow people scientifically here. So we're going to say that they are black masses or shadows arranged in a humanoid figure. Okay. Is, is that fair? Yeah. Fair. Let me open this up because I asked my I asked the listeners, I have not gotten an email of a shadow person tale of a sighting, but have either of you ever seen a shadow person? Yeah, in my parents' basement. Oh, shit. Tell the story. So, uh, fuck. I was probably about 13. Yeah, because it was right after my grandpa died. And so my bedroom was in the basement. And it, we had two twin beds that used to be bunk beds that we had separated. So mine was against the corner wall. My sister's was kind of in the middle of the room. The bathroom was along the other side of the wall. So I'm walking to the bathroom. Get in there. No problem. Do my business. Whatever. It's like four in the morning, if not earlier. I open the door with the light on still behind me and there's just a giant shadow of a man just standing in the middle of my room. So I close the fucking bathroom door and I scream and then I wake my dad up and he's like, there's no one in the fucking house. What are you doing? And I was like, there was a man here. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Was he like three dimensional (laughs) or two dimensional? Like my experience. Three dimensional. Three dimensional. Like it looked like there was an actual man, like a big black shadow man. Hmm. I mean, reports do show that people have seen two-dimensional and 3D forms. So your ours both fit this category that we are now creating this paradigm of shadow people. Did did you ever see them again? Um, so not in the basement, but then when my brother got sick, we switched rooms so that he could have the basement so he didn't have to do steps. Mm-hmm. And when I was in that room, there was always like a shadow against the closet wall. And that was like a 2D and it was like flat against the wall. Hmm. Now I can, now I know why you're so excited for this episode. Cause you're telling me like I have things. Okay. So when you condense down the reports, you, you got 2D and 3D. 
So they might appear to have mass. They might not. It might be a side scroller game against the wall like I saw. But there can also have movement along walls, surfaces, and be bound to the rules of physics where light is casting a body without a perceived body present. Right? So those are the two things. They can be freestanding. Author, that I'm not a fan of, describes them like black holes where they absorb light rather than reflect it. So no light can really penetrate their darkness. And this is how he claims, uh, or she, I'm sorry, I found out later it was a she, that they have uh, can be seen in, even in a black room at night. They are some reports, however, where they have glowing eyes, which can indicate that they might be associated with evil entities like... The yellow-eyed demon. Yes! Nope, we're done. <laughs> yes! You, you said want... the D word, and I'm out. Azazel! <laughs> the glowing eyes can be multiple colors. I've seen white reports, red, and yellow. But the yellow-eyed stuck out to me because of Supernatural the entire first season. Crowley has red eyes. <laughs> yes. Um, apparently, shadow people prefer dark corners of the room. For example, corners, closets, under bed, and behind furniture, which would explain the closets. Yes, ma'am. They, for some reason, there's a reason I keep my closet doors. Mm-hmm. I now have um, laundry baskets barricaded against my closet door because that's where the bitch says that she lives. From your apartment, the, the what's her name? Mm-hmm. Amanda. Amanda. So what I think is interesting about, like, in contrast to the women in white, right, uh, mm-hmm. shadow people seem to be overtly masculine. Yeah. I've not heard reports of a female uh, shadow person ever. No. Huh. Uh, I think because they're shadows, again, they're kind of bound to that rules of physics. Uh, a shadow, if you remember those, like, little experiments when you were kids in school, right, where you crouched down real low and your shadow was small and it can get really tall if the sun mm-hmm. is light source. So they report that there are varying heights for shadow people, anywhere from 3 to 17 feet, because shadows naturally fluctuate in size. There also seems to be a weird subcategory for a black mist or vapor form of a shadow person as well. That was not my experience. So like just like a mist along the floor or like that can go under doors because I'm not about something that can go under doors. Oh, all that. It, 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 oh, like, no. Fuck that shit. No. No. Um, I'm going to start barricading my door with a blanket now. Thanks. Well, you might like this. It is uh, possible to come across shadow animals. But they are the hardest to spot because they are small and quick. So, like, I think the idea of a shadow dog is infinitely less terrifying than a yeah. man. No, wait, hold up. That's definitely a hellhound. <laughs> well, the, I think the report... No, no, I don't fuck with big black dogs, okay? Those are a sign of Hakate. That's my chosen goddess. I don't see them as hellhounds. I see them as a sign of my, my chosen deity. Fun fact for you. You need to calm your shit down. <laughs> I think but I the mean, idea of hellhounds kind of comes with the like the Catholic Church trying to convert and demonizing these ancient uh, religions because a black dog was associated with Hakate. And um, that was a sign that she was there. She was peering between the worlds and that she was answering prayers. So if you're trying to convert people, you're going to say, no, those are demons of hell. And that is a bitch uh, of, of demoness origins. Come worship our God instead. So they turned it as a positive into fear like they do everything else yeah 
So I think it's weird that Dex, you and me are on opposite sides of that coin. <laughs> well, that's probably because of the fact that you relate it to your goddess, whereas me, I just immediately think back to Supernatural and how they were these big, black, shadowy-looking dogs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no. And then, like, you're sitting here talking about it. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. But then I'm like, wait, if I remember correctly, when I read about Hakate, isn't she, like, someone who can go between the world of the living and dead? Mm -hmm. So, death, dogs... It's all connected. Yes, yes. Cerberus. I mean, there's kind of a trend yes. here. Yeah, it just depends. Black dogs equal death. <laughs> <That's> fair. <laughs> well, she states a different phenomenon being strongly, more strongly associated with these shadow men. Let's call them instead of shadow people. Have you? Do you guys know who Hatman is? Yes. No. You, Brandy might know because Morbid touched on this with uh, sleep paralysis, which I'll get to in a minute, but uh, they may be in. My husband has that. I knew about it before that. I have that. Bad. Okay, so. Bad. He had to teach me little signs to know when to wake him up. I don't. No one wakes me up. They don't like me enough. Will you come sleep with me? I guess. A good book is therapy for the soul. Escape to Soulless, a fantasy world where characters bound by love and desire must rise above to conquer all. Release your inhibitions and explore your sultry side with writing so hot, you'll get chills. Strands of Soulless, rewoven by Cheryl Sukachek. You can find this sexy tale on Amazon and Amazon Kindle now. Um, okay, so we'll get into the sleep paralysis in, in just a moment. Just bear with me. Uh, Cheris makes the hat man a shadow person, and I don't like this, and I'm going to explain I mean, why. I can see it, though. Well, hang in there. Hang in okay. there. So the Hat Man encounter, shadowy superstition or real phenomenon. It was an article written by Gaia.com, uh, which is a big uh, spirituality website that is non-Christian. And uh, I'm going to quote this article a little bit. So I apologize if I'm reading. Those who've experienced the haunting phenomenon known as shadow people might consider Hat Man encounters to be one and the same. But Heidi Hollis, a woman who has become somewhat of an expert in the Hatman story, says that there are distinct differences in the reports that she has fielded, categorizing the Hatman as a separate experience all of his own. Um, so what I gathered is she felt that he had she had distinguished shadow people experiences from Hatman, who described to appear in a hat, a black trench coat, and a three-piece suit at night with eyes that glow red. He seemed to be a manifestation brought on by negative energy in someone's life, and he can visit um, in a full-blown panic attack. 
It varies from people suffering from sleep paralysis to see him, but it is something that we will get to later. I feel this discredits his claim, her, her claim entirely, because shadow people are too 3D. Uh, they have forms. Uh, this guy seems to be malicious. Demon, definitely a demon. Right. That, but also, like, if you're going to call him a shadow person, how come you can see all the details of his outfit? Exactly. So She's I don't... describing him too well. Like, I picture Hatman as, like, just a silhouette of a man with a top hat. Yeah, I have, like, a, a perception in my mind where he is more of a sleep demon. Yes. Um, and not a shadow person. But right. We'll, we'll break down shadow people a little bit more. And then Yens can get on Twitter, Macabre Academy, talk to me about it, tell me what your thoughts are. I'd, I'd be very curious to see. So, like, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Thanks. Yeah. So, question. Yes. If you can see shadow animals is there like a white version of that well then you're you're getting into like harry potter territory or um native american spirit guide territory so it depends on 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 what you're thinking there i have to look into native american spirit guides well spirit guides again should be its own episode but there is a chance that like you can see them in their smoke or spirit forms so they would be white in in I think I did that all at once. <laughs> yeah. I would I oh my god, I'm trying to refrain because I want to do animal spirit guides as a as a completely separate episode. Um because of course I have stories for that as well. And my well, husband That's why that's why it's so difficult for me to like pick what brought me like made me interested in like the supernatural and everything because there was like a lot of shit from my childhood. Like not just like movies that my parents showed me. But also just, like, shit that I saw, like, when oh. I was a kid and, like, early in life. I'll get into that. I got I got answers for you. But I also have fucked up eyes. So I'm not entirely certain what I saw and didn't see as a kid. So. Well, I've seen shit. I think we've all seen Forever. shit. Or, or we would have not started the Macabre Academy. We would not be here educating yeah. people on all the, the strange going-ons of the world. Plus, I have a fucked memory. So when you're like, oh, have you ever seen shadow people? I'm like, maybe? (laughs) Well, I want to... Not obviously enough to clearly remember. (laughs) Um, But it's a possibility. So I'm going to bring this back a little bit. And I want to make another distinction of shadow people um, for our definition's sake. Um, Shadow people are not ghosts. Like, let's be clear. Okay? Right. Um, I did my, again, I've said this, like, I think it's like three episodes now. I did my senior project in high school on ghost hunting. A ghost, sometimes known as an apparition, haunt, phantom, poltergeist, shade, specter, or spirit, also known as a spook, uh, is a soul or spirit of a dead person or animal that can appear to the living. In ghost lore, descriptions of ghosts vary widely from invisible presence to translucent or barely visible wispy shapes to realistic and lifelike forms. Ghosts can appear as a misty white vapor that can suggest physical characteristics like, again, what Brandy said, clothing, age, gender, or even color, Um, but that's very rare and may or may not be cognizant of your presence. They can also uh, be able to communicate and impact the physical realm of the living. Ghosts also seem to indicate that human souls or perceived self can survive mortal death. Most human experts on shadow people agree that they have never been human. 
Also, these entities are dense blackness, so dark, again, that you can detect them in pitch darkness. So definitely not a ghost. Um, What I found particularly unsettling is there's a person that I consider a local shaman. That is not how he self-identifies, but I reached out to him um, and I was like, hey, what do you know on shadow people? And all he texted me back was they were watcher beings and they can't hurt you. What the fuck and why the fuck are they watching us? Yeah, why? And why? How do I know they can't hurt me? Because like you can tell me they can't hurt me, but like, can they hurt me? I don't trust that. Well, most... Do they want you to believe that they can't hurt me so that then they can hurt me? But they didn't hurt you and they didn't hurt me. We just saw them. But they scared me. Right. But I don't think that was their intent. So most reports indicate that they are more afraid of you than you are of them. Ergo why they probably screamed when they realized I was staring at them and ran away. I thought it's because they saw Jesus. Maybe, too. That's another theory. Listen, mine stood his ground and I screamed. He stood his fucking ground. He was not moving. Well, well, they're watchers. So for some reason, he was interested in watching you. Um, Shadow people tend to run or disappear when spotted. So you have a more unique experience. What really kind of fucked with me is some said that they can teleport because they're not exclusively bound to our concepts of a physical plane. Oh my God, they're Endermen. What's what's an Enderman? Is that like Slenderman? You guys don't. I'm sorry. Play Minecraft. No, don't. Endermen are these big black humanoid creatures in um, Minecraft that can teleport places. Do they kill people? And only if you look at them. Mm. Like if you look at them in the eyes, they kill you. <laughs> Great, great. Well, I guess I guess shadow people are aware of the living that occupy the same space as them. So even if they did want your attention, right? Like Brandy, maybe yours want yours wanted your attention. Uh, they are completely silent, making them more ominous in nature. And I think nothing is not wrong. Right. So I'm gonna liken this to a Buffy episode because I'm a Buffy fanatic. It's called Hush, where the gentlemen come to town and they steal all the sound. That episode creeped what? the fuck out. Like, absolutely. I've fun. never seen Buffy. <sighs> Neither Can is Can we Dex. have a marathon? Yes. It's a okay. perfect time capsule of the early 2000s. Like, perfect. Perfect. I was four. Um, what, what kind of, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move back to the research here, so hang in there with me. What really fucked me up is Cheris states, but doesn't name a researcher that managed to capture an EVP while in the presence of shadow entities. Okay, and I wanted to find this file and I couldn't find it. Um, But it captured a voice saying that they are brothers of death. Madhouse points if you can find me that EVP. Madhouse points. So like weird fact, but like weird coincidence maybe. It was like right after my grandfather died that I saw this shadow person. Well, uh, I believe I have it in here somewhere and I'll get to that, but they could be omens of death. Okay. So hold on to that tidbit. Okay. Yeah. Just hold on to that tidbit and we'll get there. Um, The uh, every report seems to indicate an overarching feeling of being watched. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like like Dexter was saying, a lot of shadow stories come from uh, experiences in childhood. 
a lot of experts feel that kids are more open to the paranormal. I have a great article from witchesbrewers.com. Um, it said that the biggest argument is that kids might be able to sense more because they're not primed to dismiss things. Belief seems to aid in extra sensory gifts, and with conditioning, they can be ignored to become level-headed adults. Dex, hmm. thoughts? Um, I'm kind of, like, honestly curious as to what some of, like, these conditioning things are. Well, like, if you think you there's a boogeyman in your closet and you're seeing a, a specter, right, and your parents tell you, no, there's nothing in the closet because they can't see it. So they're conditioning you not to see the thing, but the thing might really have been there. That's what if you never told your parents, <laughs> then like movies might, or like the world tells us that ghosts aren't real. The world tells us that these things aren't real. And that if you believe in them, you're weird. Like the fact that we're all considered weird because like, I believe in ghosts so severely. I believe mm-hmm. in all of this, like so wholeheartedly, like people are like, okay, you're weird and crazy. The world does not accept it. We are not accepting of like this they're conditioning stuff. you to knock that shit out because it scares them. I think exactly, and like that's where like your parents might not have done it, but like subconsciously the world tells you this isn't real. So like here's the thing. So like I said earlier, like when I was a kid, I can remember seeing or experiencing like a lot of weird shit. Mm-hmm. And while I still experience some really weird shit, it's not the same. Because your mind isn't open. But see, here's the thing. I don't entirely believe that. Because there's never been a point in my life where I was like, oh, no, like somebody tried to convince me that wasn't real. I've I've always kind of had an open mind about that. I just kind of never put myself in a situation since I was a kid. So I'm wondering if I was just so terrified as a kid to see this shit. That, like, you blocked it out. If I closed myself off to it because I don't want to fucking see it anymore because it's creepy as hell. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's completely fair. Um, I think I have some notes on that later, too. But it is entirely possible where you just go, I don't want to see this shit no more. And you don't. You are conditioning yourself not to see things. Because on one hand, I'm like, it would be totally cool to uh, go to a paranormal thing. And then I'm like, but what the fuck if you're there and you have this open mind and there's all this shit you used to see as a kid and you kind of like just shrugged it away and then you go and do this and something touches me and I'm like, what the fuck? I can't handle this now. And then I have like a mess. So it's your own own fear that's blocking it out as a, as a defense mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interest. I mean, it's it's definitely a conversation. It, it, I don't think there's like one right answer, you know. But I I feel like that is is generally what that happens. Either way, right? There's a conditioning that's happening to not see right. the things, whether it's uh, peer pressure, society pressure, or self preservation. Those are all valid mm-hmm. ways to negate uh, extrasensory gifts. Fucking weird, man. Right. So shadow people, right? They come in varieties. So we have, uh, I cannot find a universal set of varieties. So we're going to go with Cheris's, even though she upsets me. So you got garbage. (laughs) I'm afraid she's not. I I hope she's not friends, like friends with my mentor person in Gettysburg. Like I'm praying that she doesn't know spooky. I'm like praying, but, uh, 
anyway, uh, Variety is a shadow people. All right. So she outlines sentinels and these stand in the edge, uh, at the edges of rooms, corners, just to watch us. Then she has uh, one of my personal favorites, lurkers, who move through an area often on the same path over and over again. They're just lurking. Okay. They're, they're, yep. And then she has MTBs, which are minding their own business, who are a subcategory of lurkers who seem completely unaware of the living. Okay. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Then she has predators. Who might not even who might not even be shadow people? Who have what predators? predators. Predator shadow people. This this would be uh, someone that or a shadow person or figure that can attack or purposely invoke fear, which I don't think is the same thing as a shadow person. That would be Hatman. No, that's a demon. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> you know, that's a demon. Uh huh. And then you got visitors who appear in groups, and smaller ones can precede their arrival of a larger shadow person. You think that's what you had? Um. Yes. Okay. And uh, and then I believe this is what you had. It's again omens signal bad luck or a death in in the family. Okay. They're just omens. It's, it yeah. doesn't. I, I, it's not. Stating that they are causing the death, but they're signaling but just, you yeah. of, of a death. I mean, that's and, interesting. And maybe that mean, like means that that person was finally done and that they weren't being reincarnated or something. Like that omen seemed pretty solid. Like, right. Like done. Um, but yeah. maybe not. Who knows? Uh, and then there's, there's haunters where these are shadow people who like haunted locations. Which, again, shadow people aren't ghosts, so I don't know why she has this category. Oh, maybe they, like, want to hang out with the ghosts. Like, maybe they're not ghosts, but, like, the shadow people are connected to someone. And they're also watching the ghosts? Like, they're watching the people? Or, like, the person they're connected to is dead, and they're still watching that ghost because the ghost hasn't moved on. Mm, yeah interesting do you know what i mean yeah that's that that makes more sense than what she wrote yeah so i looked into the history of shadow people the lore if you will so i had to go back and research every claim that she fucking made about the history so here we are so she has lemures uh which are roman parasitic larva spirits (laughs) um yeah so I found uh, this site, GnosticWarrior.com, that gave me history on these larva spirits because she wrote like two sentences. Um, Trash. So these lemurs, they date back, or lemurs, um, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, They're they now date- known as lemurs. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Ring-tailed monkeys, marsupials. <laughs> um, they date back to the 6th century AD when Caesar was in power. Um, they come from mythology as feared evil spirits that can cause disease and infection. Definitely malignant. They haunt the earth by night as vengeful specters who process uh, fear powers of evil over the living. And they have a festival, which is coming up. We could do it. Festival to honor these spirits for three nights. Uh, May 9th, 11th, and 13th. So, like, am I welcoming them into my house? Because, like, I don't need any of that garbage. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's the head of the household would get up at midnight and throw 
or cast black beans behind him to avert the gaze of these parasitic spirits. And then they would eat the beans instead of harming the people. And then you wore black, which is the appropriate uh, color for offerings to these uh, deities. So, so I'm like, fine. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know that that is shadow people, but okay. Um, but the, there's darkness, black masks, if you will. So, okay. Um, uh, Ovid, a Roman poet, wrote about these spirits. So I have a quotation. It will be the ancient sacred rites of Lumeria when we make offerings to the voiceless spirits. Ooh. Voiceless. The silence. So that fits the paradigm. I don't like that. <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> what? Doctor Who. The silence. Mm-hmm. Silence to a wall. Anything that like doesn't make noise, I don't like. Like I don't want you to make noise at me in the middle of the night, but like I don't want you to stare at me either. Well, here's what's problematic about the 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 lemurs, as we're now calling them. Is there's no physical description. Just the silent blackness specters is the only correlation to the shadow people. No. So I don't know that I like that that's where that came from, but sure. No. <laughs> so nestled next to the Romans, you know who comes next? Greek? Greek. Yes. Erebos. I don't know how you say it. E-R-E-B-O-S. Erebos. I think that's right, actually. Erebos. Um, was the Greek god of the underworld, and his name meant place of darkness between Earth and Hades. He was credited with finishing the underworld after the gods created Earth. And he did this by filling empty spaces with dark mists. And Nyx used Eberus's dark mist to bring forth night to the Earth. Um, She is the goddess of night, a shadowy figure, and the mother of sleep, Hypnos, and the mother of death, Thanos. Uh, Rare glimpses of these deities are found in the deepest shadow world, which means the Greeks didn't have a concept very relatable to the shadow people, because these are are gods. Like, these are, are supreme primordial beings. I don't think these shadow people fit that paradigm other than rough description. Yeah. And and then what also is problematic is she throws in wraiths. Mm. Uh, medieval Scottish. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. I don't know why the, the connection's loose, but we're going to go over it. Uh, medieval Scotland is a ghost-like image of someone, especially seen shortly before or after their death. The word is used to reference a pale, insubstantial person or thing. Not black. But pale. I mean, you got the death omen thing. So, I mean, that fits the paradigm. But the pale. According to mythology.net, they are creatures that are created by incorrectly using magic. Usually a transmutation witch who made a mistake trying to extend their life or manipulate time. The witch was granted. That's why you don't fuck with No, yeah, yeah. So they kind of, that's kind of like the djinn fucking up shit. So, like, uh, the witch was granted, but now they're immortal. But the price is their soul. And they're condemned to never reach the spirit world and wander between the dimensions for eternity. Wraiths can only feel hatred and despair. That's all they can feel. In fact, they are the inspiration for Dementors in Harry Potter. 
(laughs) They seek to steal the souls of the living and drain their life force. They are also legends that describe wraiths as dark entities with black cloaks. Their arms and legs are corpse-like and extremely thin. Additionally, their face of a wraith is usually skeletal or an endless black hole, which sounds a little bit more like the shadow people there. Yeah. That sounds very Lord Lord of the Rings. Ah, yep, fair. Ring wraiths. I think the thing I found the most problematic was she mentioned Raven Mockers from Cherokee Legend. Say what now? Why have I heard of that? Um, well, I'm going to tell you. Um, so my husband is part Cherokee, and Cheris does a shit job of explaining the legend of Raven Mockers. So um, I'll give you a link on the Patreon of the legend, but it doesn't really fit. They are decaying beings that fly in a fiery form with sparks that try to eat dying people. Like they eat, they eat people who are dying. Like they consume their physical flesh. Shadow people don't do that. So I have a question. Yeah. So like, can that take the form of a person? I mean, it's a skeleton person. They're consuming the dying person to kind of uh, rejuvenate their dying corpse. So they're okay. like a zombie thing. And it's only for people. Uh-huh. And they're fiery, fiery beings. They, they spark. Because, like, my dad, when my dog was dying, my brother's dog, saw a burning man in our kitchen from his bedroom. That would better fit the raven mockers yeah but it wasn't a person that was dying it was our dog which is why it wouldn't well i don't i don't know what camp you're in but me as myself who else would it be um i do believe that animals have a soul they have a spirit and i think right are as i do too prone to these things negative entities as people are Okay. I mean, that's why the cats stare through worlds, right? And dogs bark mm-hmm. at ghosts and shit. They can see that shit. They, I, right. I believe animals have extrasensory. They can even sense the weather. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, of course, she made mention of some other shit that I'm not going to get into, but it was from uh, Islamic traditions like Gul's, uh, Hin, Ifrit, Madrid, uh some other shit I can't say, but I can't even fit them into the paradigm at all. So I, I'm not going to mention them. And I'm, I'm like hesitant to even bring up uh, the gin, but I did earlier. So let's, let's do the gin. Um, yeah. Gin remain largely unseen, but I have found descriptions where they are born from a smokeless flame of fire that bear horns and wings and they can shape shift into dogs Snakes. Uh, some artwork depicts them with hooves or even blue skin. Not not a shadow person. Not a not a black mist. Um, however, no. the lore can kind of hold hit the hit the paradigm. Um, so I went to uh, IslamReligion.com just to be accurate. So they are very similar to us, the jinn, and the fact that they eat, they marry, they reproduce, and they can die. They have magical powers that can allow them to take the form of anything they want, including human or shadows, to help conceal themselves. They live in that between human world and spirit world, according to lore. 
The word jinn comes from the Arabic root meaning hidden from sight. Uh, some of their powers include moving or traveling quickly, and they are mostly found in ruins and unclean places like bathrooms, dunghills, garbage dumps, and even graveyards. So uh, it's a big leap, I feel, for shadow person and jinn to be the same thing. What do you girls think? Yeah. Jinn are more closely related to genies. Mm-hmm. So, I want to be a genie. And we're featured on Supernatural. <laughs> I um, want to be a genie. In fact, I particularly like the way they were feature- featured on there because they would, like, put you, like, they would hook you up to an IV and they would keep you in this kind of, like, sleep state where they could control your dreams. So in your dreams, you were living this completely normal, like, fantasy life like whatever your happy fantasy was that's where you would live and if you could not figure out that you were in a dream it would eventually just from staying in that state and then them I want to say they drained your blood but either way they would keep you in the state it would eventually be how I can't remember. I mean, that's kind of what blood is. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that's like close to the same. So I could have swore they... So, mm-hmm. I'm having trouble remember. It's been a while since I watched that episode, but... I love the gin in that thing you made me watch, The American Gods. That yes. was a sexy genie. Ooh. Yes. Way better than Will Smith and his blue CGI. <laughs> I didn't see that, but as soon as I knew Will Smith, I was just like, hmm... So I, I don't know. Um, just moving along for time's sake, um, I came up with a, a lore that I think fits better. Okay, so hang in there with me. I wound up at deathreference.com for the personifications of death, aka the Grim Reaper. So I think this feeds into the fear that shadow people create. I don't think it's the Grim Reaper, but it's that ominous feel because we've created image of death through the ages, always draped in darkness. Ultimate personification of mystery and death always wears black through the centuries. That was me. Cool. It's, it's the unknown. We don't know yeah. what they are. So it's easy for us to drift to personifications of death. It's not death, but it's ominous and frightening. So my brain's like, okay, well, how the fuck do they get in? Like, how do shadow people show up? They're shadows. Well, so uh, through my infinite research, uh, psychics and medians believe that shadow people enter through existing doorways or portals between realms. People accidentally open these all the time, and uh, a few dumb ones do it on purpose. Also, the sight of death can thin the veil between worlds, so it's more likely for them to slip through at a haunted place because somebody died. Huh. There's also a interdimensional visitor theory, which relies heavily on ideas of multiverse and string theory. Uh, physics, physicists can justify the possibility of parallel worlds using, you know, equations of math and shit. Uh, so I'll leave that to your own research. But somehow our dreaming pulls them in. And Terrace doesn't explain that one well. Big shocker. So, so like, you- if I'm having a dream, so like, I only ever had like one or two dreams of my pap after he died. Same with my brother. 
And like both of them were when I was super depressed and like they scared me straight, basically. And um, it's like if I'm having a dream about a dead person, does that thin the veil, do you think? And then that Mm -hmm. makes it more likely for them to show up. Well, it's it's very common um, for you to receive messages when you're sleeping. So it's likely it's much easier for you to reach through the veil and connect with that person. So uh, depending on what your belief systems are, at least for mine, is if you see a dead person that you love in your dream, you're actually communicating with them because your mind right. is unconscious. It's open. So you can be present with them that your conscious mind couldn't perceive. Right. Um, I, I dreamed of my grandmother after she passed and one of my best friends in the entire world dropped dead at a bus stop at 27 and I had dreams about him too. And I believe it was them reaching through the veil. I was seeing them again because I wanted to see them so badly and I was. Mm-hmm. I think it was them. My dream mind might have interpreted that a little bit differently than reality would have. Um but it's it's very real for that need to transcend sleep and that communication to happen. Right. Fun story to freak you guys out. So when my grandfather was still alive um, and he was his health health was starting to decline, but it wasn't it wasn't like anything ridiculous yet. There was one day that he was in the living room and he had been napping and my mom had come home from work and was like hey dad how are you doing blah 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 he's like who was that that called earlier and mom's like my mom's like what are you talking about and he's she's like well he's my grandfather's like well somebody called earlier and said that my brother died mom's like what in the hell is he talking about so she asked my grandma's like has anyone called here today to say that like he died or anything and she's like nobody's called the house literally a couple hours later we got the phone call my grandfather's brother died Ooh, ooh! my grandfather knew <laughs> okay ooh. so like i believe that a hundred percent because like my dad my grandma had just died last in february two months ago well, it's been two months but my dad didn't know and his phone's always on like ridiculously high volume because he's 67 and old and can't hear And so he didn't hear his phone going off and he just randomly woke up at like 4 a.m. And the room was ice cold and he smelled his dad's cologne and his dad died when I was one year old. So like it's been 24 years. And then he finally heard his phone go off and his sister called and was like, hey, mom's dead. Like I just found her. I just woke up to check on her. And like. My dad's the kind of, he's the very Christian, religious, Catholic man and does not believe in any of that. And he was like, no, something happened. And I was like, well, yeah, like they were telling you. Again, death omens, they, they, they exist. And I think, I think what's a little bit interesting about Dex's case is again, if you, and it's, is again, paranormal uh, research in my experience um, because it seems like for ghosts to manifest in the world of physics, they need electricity. They need that energy to manifest. So uh, that's how they can speak through things like spirit boxes or EVPs. So for them to be able to transmute that 
through a phone call is incredibly in the realm of that possibility. And then Brandy, again, you you were in that area of being asleep and being open okay. and that veil thinning. And you guys are just highlighting these things so immaculately and beautifully and powerfully. You know, it's it's, it's interesting everybody's experiences of these death omens. But to lighten the mood, just a tad, if I may, um, I want to play Believe It or Not again. You girls ready? Yeah. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Shadow people theories. Do you believe them or not? I'm going to just, I'm going to fire them off and I'm, you girls are open to discussion. Okay. Ready? Shadow people are ancient beings of evil that feed on fear, pain, and anger. Yes. I could see okay. it. Uh, shadow people are aliens secretly studying people. Oh, oh yeah. I believe that. I'm a conspiracy theorist. That one's a little bit of a stretch for me. I mean, I, I think I no. think aliens would not do shadows if they were gonna study us. See, and and that's and that's where that's where it's a little bit more difficult for me to believe. Cause if you're an alien and you can come down and watch us and you have a way to change your appearance, why would you change it into a shadow mm-hmm. people? Why wouldn't you just camouflage yourself white like the wall? (laughs) Maybe they're trying to study our fear. Oh, Brandy, points for that. Like, they want to know what happens when we're afraid, what we would do, and if they could get any energy out of us for being afraid. Huh. All right. Good point. New one. Ready? Shadow people are astral projections of real people having an out-of-body experience. No. Mm. No. Again, we've established that shadow people were never people. So why, Cherish, put this in her book? Yeah. Okay. We're burning Um, it. This one's more interesting. Uh, Shadow people are time travelers sent as detached observers. (laughs) No. What do you get from watching me pee? (laughs) Yeah. What do you get from watching a three-year-old get scared? I feel like I've seen this in a movie somewhere. Like I, so I have to like Google this. Okay. Like I mean, fuck you, Justine. Don't make it weird. Okay. <laughs> like, listen, there are some of us out there that enjoy scaring each other for the fun of it. True. Okay. Um. Okay. Shadow people are shades of actual living humans' near-death experience. I, if they're an omen of death, no. how are they the I mean, death? I, I was going to say, like, I like the theory, but not for shadow people because it doesn't fit with the paradigm. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, no. Shadow people are entities from another dimension devoid of light. I can see it. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what we've decided. That one's fair. Okay, shadow people are simply shapeshifters and they chose a shadow form no i mean i guess that would depend on what you believe about shapeshifters but that's kind of an episode in and of itself all right so we'll put a pin in that one for for dex okay shadow people are spirits of dead people who were evil while on earth or are trapped for some reason they weren't people why is this in there yeah, no. And lastly, people, people definitely go to hell and get turned into demons. <laughs> okay. Justine. 
You're not allowed on my bus okay. anymore. What? So lastly, she proposes that shadow people are simply a different form of spirit creature. No. Spirit implies person. No. No. So no. Okay, so science. And I'm not I'm not the science person, but we're gonna science for a minute. Okay. I love science. Science. Okay. So science proved that our brains want to see the faces or familiar forms. It's like when people report seeing Jesus on a piece of toast or a screaming man's face in another man's testicles. Cherish again let me down and did not describe this function of the brain. And it's part of neuro neuroscience. You couldn't be bothered to look up neuroscience? All right, I got you. Um, so I went to bbc.com, uh, which is a credible news source in my opinion, and it says, why do we see faces in everyday objects? Spoiler alert, our brain is primed to, and it's called uh, pareidolia. So there's an expert excerpt from this article I'm going to read you. Although we tend to think that our eyes faithfully report whatever is in front of us, the retina records an imperfection and confusing image that needs tidied up by our brain. And Lee thinks this top-down processing by the brain is what leads to pareidolia. One way the brain makes sense of a mess is by making predictions about what we'll see based on our past experiences and then subtly projecting those expectations onto what we see. That way, it can piece together a clearer picture, even if the scene is obscured by poor lighting or fog. But it also makes our vision more subjective than you think. In a sense, you really do see what you want to see. Okay. So there are paintings, I can't think of the artist right now, I'm a bad art historian, that are people made out of fruit, okay, like faces, and people who don't have pareidolia functioning properly just see the fruit. But a person who does, which most people do, they'll see the face made out of the fruits. Have you guys ever seen those paintings? Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is entirely what our peripheral vision is based on. That's why when we see ghosts and things out of the corner of our eyes, we tend to look on it straight on and then it disappears. But again, this doesn't describe Brandy's or my experience of seeing the shadow person dead on. So I think that valid. What happens if you have retinal damage? Your brain is filling in the gaps. You're useless. Fuck you, Brandy. (laughs) You're garbage. I love you. Um, but again, on the that 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 inverse side of the coin, children's minds tend to be more open and have more of a broad spectrum perception, which is why they're able to see the paranormal more easily. Their mind is not conditioned to be skeptical, so they're not seeing these things and 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 then going, "Oh, okay, my mind's just playing tricks on me. This thing is in front of me." <laughs> right. Again, other scientific explanation is the effects of sleep paralysis, which we mentioned earlier. Shadow people tend to happen to people at night, uh, waking up or falling asleep. Uh, Again, Morbid did an amazing job on this topic, and Elena suffers from this condition as well as Brandy does. It's easy to find. It's episode 118, but I'm going to use WebMD myself. Sleep paralysis is the feeling of being conscious but being unable to move. It occurs when a person passes between stages of wakefulness and sleep. During these transitions, you might be able to move or speak for 
you might be unable to move or speak for a few seconds up to a few minutes. Some people feel pressure or a sense of choking. And during sleep, your body alternates between REM, which is rapid eye movement, and non-rapid eye movement. Uh, when the cycles of these two things last about 90 minutes, non-rapid eye movement occurs first and takes up 75% of your sleep time. During non-rapid eye movement, your body relaxes and it restores itself. And at the end of that period, your sleep will shift back into REM where your eyes move real quickly. And that's when the dreams occur and the rest of your body remains relaxed. So your muscles are turned off during REM sleep. But if you're... It's the safety thing for your body. So you don't flail. So that if you're... You don't flail. And like if you have like a dream where you're jumping off a roof, you don't actually right. go and jump off the roof. But what's happening is you're becoming aware before the REM cycle has finished. And you may notice that you can't move or speak, but the dream is still happening in the room that you're conscious of being. So that's where you get the crazy shit like Hat Man. Mm-hmm. Lastly, you have uh, so these, so you have uh, sleep deprivation is the last scientific experience. Uh, guys, you need sleep. Seven to nine hours of shut-eye so that the brain can function normally. Go without sleep for long enough and you can have impaired mental functions like issues with your memory, trouble concentrating, mood swings, and hallucinations. You may end up experiencing micro-sleep through the day and during these episodes for uh, a few seconds, it might seem like your dream is happening during the day without even realizing it. Might explain my experience a little bit because it was the middle of the night. I should have been sleeping. My kid brain, right? Should have been unconscious. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the coin, though, I watched uh, a brief history of shadow people where they reference Carl Jung's philosophical concept of the shadow self. Now, this this piqued my interest. This is where it gets good. Um, I'm sorry. This is very... I, I, I researched a lot, guys. I'm sorry. I did this to you again. It's okay. I love it. So Carl Jung's philosophy seems to have a correlation between primordial fills, fears built into children through the ages, and shadow people might be a physical embodiment of our own perceived mental shadows. Simply put, the shadow could be the dark side or oppression of part of somebody's personality, and it could explain why so many of us, especially the sensitive, have seen them. Quintessentialmind.com. I'm going to quote them again because I'm an asshole. The use of the word shadow wasn't chosen unintentionally. Young was always good at portraying complex ideas in a digestible visual manner. So he uses mental imagery in order to create anchors with concepts already familiar to human cognition. So the shadow is dark and elusive. It is impossible to catch. The size can alter depending on your position in space, and, uh, and, and, and it can be disappear whenever light is present. Another crucial thing to ponder is the shadow itself. Due to darkness that it forms and due to the distance that it creates from the physical body of a person, it becomes something uh, not so many people are eager to connect with. This is why major ideas associated with Jungarian shadows. Uh, Although we usually see the shadow as an integral part of existence, most of us are willfully blind to this existence. 
the shadow is a moral problem that challenges the whole ego personality. And no one can become conscious of a shadow without considerable moral effort. To be conscious of it involves recognizing the dark aspects of the personality as present and real. The act of the essential condition for any kind of self-knowledge. And this is from Carl Jung himself. Now, I read all that bullshit just to put this in my my theory of what shadow people are. Now, I'm thoroughly convinced I've come to this realization through my research. You ready? Go for it. Hell House. Season one, episode 17, Supernatural. Told you. Tulpa. Yes, tulpas. Okay. Brandy, do you know what a tulpa is? No. A tulpa no. is a concept in mysticism and the paranormal of being, being or an object that is created through spiritual or mental powers. It is an adaptation of a Tibetan word, which I can't say but it means emanation or manifestation. In Buddhism, there's a concept of the emanation body. One early Buddhist text, the Pali, oh, Salmon, I'm going to post it somewhere, um, but it lists the ability of the mind-made body as one of the fruits of contemplative life. Simply put, through the powers of collective belief, people can create a thought form being, aka tulpas, into existence. And maybe their primordial creation based off of ideas like Erebus or um, something more new, like the product of the internet giving these things ground. Slender man. Right. Um, so my question is, is shadow people, could we have collectively manifested these beings into human psychology or is it a shared hallucination? I think it could have been manifested because like if you watch like old horror movies or you watch anything, it's always like you're in a dark room and something goes bump in the night and then you see a shadow or do you know what I mean? Like they always like picture the ghosts or picture something until they mm -hmm. want you to see the face. As a dark, creepy shadow. I mean, shadow. you have, uh, trying to go back and summarize this a little bit more in plain English, right? Like, so there's a shadow self, the shadow concept of the self. And it's like your own, your own shadow self is, is, is creating, is, is coming into being through belief and then watching us back. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like watching your own mind, like come unraveled. Mm -hmm. Um so I think I think I think we have some interesting ideas at this point. Um, so I'm almost done, but uh, fundamentally, there's still like two questions to answer, and I'm going to try to do this as concisely as I can because I'm a long-winded bitch. Um, do they mean to harm us? Uh, some say, "Oh, sure, they fucking do." Reports use adjectives like malicious, unnatural, empty, cold, evil. Some people even report being strangled, scratched. Or sexually assaulted. And then there's there's people like me who say can't nope. Shadow people definitely uh, create a sense of invasion, but they're harmless. It didn't touch me. It didn't hurt me. Um, and it's common to hear that they're afraid of us. And that, that was my experience. Um, apparently, there are ways to summon these motherfuckers, though. And I'm not leaving instructions. You can look that shit up yourself if you're that dumb. I don't want to be liable. Justine. I want you to look it up. No. I don't summon shit. I need to know, but I don't. 
I need to know, but I don't want to do it. And if I know I'm going to do it. Friends don't let friends manifest. Oh shadow. my God. My cat just scared the living shit out of me. Can we do it at your house? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Brandy. Can we do it at my apartment when I move Brandy, out? I got, I, yes, maybe. Brandy. All right. I, I got you covered though. Okay, so I don't want you manifesting them, but I know how to protect yourself from shadow people. Okay, that I need. Okay, and then we're done. I'm done torturing yins. Does it involve salt? Because I have tons of that. Uh, a little bit. Um, so I'm starting off with uh, sage is a great place to start. It's an ancient staple for any practice to purify and protect your space. I know you like sage brandy. Uh, and science backs you up. Uh, not only does it ward off evil, but it removes 94% of bacteria in the air. Added benefits. Oh, good time. Yeah. So uh, if you think you have uh, disease bacteria eminent, you might want to burn sage for an hour. Um, added benefits. Yeah, natural remedy for treating anxiety, depression, and mood disorder. Ah, what is wrong with you? Justine, you just made me jump. I was so scared. All right, so... Uh, Walking in the dark. I mean, if it makes you feel better during this, it during the filming of this entire episode, there is something behind Steph that in this little last camera this entire time has looked like a shadow person. Looks like a person? Well, then it's not a shadow person. I was avoiding... I know it's not. I'm just saying because of my piss poor eyes in this little camera, it looks like it is. It looks like it could be one. Oh no, I 100% see it too. Like so, you so you, have you Can been staring at that the whole fucking time too? <laughs> like if this bitch moves, yeah, Jeff, move your head towards the left. Left over here. Okay. No other. This way. is a, oh a, shit. No. It's, that's not it's, what I want. Hold on. I, it's behind uh, your opposite side. Go that way. Yeah. That? Yeah. That thing. Those are black. And just like, no. Behind over. you. There's a. It's like a. It's like a. Bed post. It is a bed post. There's a twin bed right oh, here. Okay. A bunk bed. Well, well that's what it looked like a people. Go ahead. Good. I just sage myself. Apparently, I need to sage my, my back room here. Um, okay. I got you. So, uh, not only does it ward off evil, but it removes 94% of bacteria in the air. Added benefits, uh, it may be a natural remedy for anxiety, depression, mood disorders, and according to a study done in 2014, it can also help you sleep and improve mental cognition. Uh, you can also ward against shadow people by decorating your space with religious iconography. In my case, it was a crucifix as a child, but now I have Hakate in my, my house everywhere. Um, but you can use devotional candle to the Golden Girls. Let those creepy crawlies know that you prescribe to a higher power and you're not afraid to evoke that higher power. Um, I need Golden Girls. Tell me words. Golden Girls. Yeah, devotional candles. That's a thing. Candles now. Uh, some people swear by the Lord's Prayer or the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, which calls on archangels. Uh, I'm a simple witch, so I use an elemental banishing ritual myself. If you guys want it, I'll put it up for you. But establish your own rituals to get good vibes in your space flowing, so that'll alleviate the evil forces. 
then you got crystals and herbs can be used to sanctify yourself and your space as well. There are many you can choose from. Like I have a sachet on my pillow of protective herbs and crystals. Um, I have selenite in each corners of my bedroom that can create a perimeter. It seems to be quite effective. And lastly, to not have shadow people up in your business is stop whatever fuckery you're doing to attract them. Okay? Energy attracts like energy. So it's easy to be in a negative or stressful mindset and putting those vibes out into the universe and attract dark things to feed into it. Um, I don't know if they're stuttering your misery or helping you fall victim to it, but learn to be kind to yourself. Hold your head up and don't give in to doubts, fears, or worries. Self-empowerment is never a bad way to go. That being said, I need a weekly phobia. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I picked a good one for this one. You got one? All right. Yeah. Um, Sciophobia or sciophobia. Fear of shadows. Yes, Dexter. Can be generational. (laughs) Nice. So, like, it's a fear that you can pass on. That's so good. I was like, what can I do for this week? And I'm like, oh, got to do fear of shadows. That's got to be a thing. I mean, I was looking through my this list of fears and some of the things they had on there. I'm like, never would have thought of that. Okay, ladies. Lastly, to be done, since we are are thoroughly schnookered at this point. Yeah, we are. uh, I need a random number. Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. Dex, it's your turn between one... Thirteen. Okay. Kiss someone you love on the forehead and document it for social media. Um, can I do that after quarantine? Because like, I won't see my nephew and I'm not kissing Ryan. I was thinking like fur babies count. Um Nah, I'm allergic to them and they'll kill me. Oh my god. I would love Well, I don't want to like death. hug a stranger because that's definitely never a good way to go. I don't want to be liable for that shit. Um but it's a random act of if kindness I die, I die. To, to bestow a kiss upon the forehead of someone you adore. I guess I'll <laughs> find someone. <laughs> All right. We're done.
I want to be done with it so I can sleep. I'm over it. Done. <laughs> I'm glad you can sleep. I was going to say, like, that's, that's, when we were talking earlier, like, I have noticed, I am really good at manifesting things. Oh, good. All of you can go to Justine's house. So I think part of my worry is like, oh my God, if I think on a terrifying topic too much, I'm going to make that shit happen in my room at night when I'm trying to go to sleep. I have enough trouble trying to go to sleep. I already said that. Stop what fuckery you're doing to attract that shit. I have. So I'm like, so I think it's like, no, I I know this is going to happen. So I'm just not going to. I have a thing thing for you to sleep. No, I don't want roofies. Ashwagandha root. <laughs> All you need is six Benadryl. Brandy, you went Benadryl. I went herbs. Benadryl doesn't work. <laughs> I went six Benadryl. I take five, so like I figure you should take six. <laughs> Although you might die, don't do that. I have a really high like um tolerance. Don't take six Benadryl. PSA, don't die. So like ten? I don't know. I mean. There was, I was hiking with my husband and I was exhausted and I don't remember how many Benadryl or muscle relaxers I took, but I think in like a 24 hour period, I was awake. Yins are making me so nervous. That's bad behavior. Ooh, that's my. You guys are going into (laughs) tension, man. Fine. We're fine. I I haven't died yet. Well, it is, it is time to close the Macabre Academy for another week. So. I'm going to say take care. What are we doing next time? Hopefully Radium Girls. It's Brandy episode. I'm hoping. It'll be ready. Sweet. Someone's just got to keep me on track because like, hi, child doesn't pay attention well. I need a Brandy-centric episode. Lots of research. That needs to happen. Yes. This is good. This is going to be. I'm I'm so stoked. Fantastic. (laughs) A dumpster so fire. So tune in next week for a dumpster fire. <laughs> a floral dumpster fire. Please keep dumpster fire in. Okay, ladies. <laughs> and witches. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Peace out, Cub Scout. This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.